Hello everyone, and welcome to what is the very first episode in a new series that we have decided to start. The series is called Solo Spooky Stories. Uh, we'd love your feedback on this uh, new format that we're trying out. As it's early days with the podcast, we still want to, you know, experiment with different things and kind of see what people like. It'll be either myself or Suze uh, hosting a solo episode where we'll talk about a story, some sort of fiction, and kind of anything in between. Maybe a case that doesn't have enough depth to it to be a full episode. And we decided to, rather than just ignoring those, to hold a, a once-off short investigation, kind of discussing it and kind of having a more just one-on episode with, with you, the listener, rather than a, a conversation between both of us. So I hope you enjoy this this first episode as we delve into what is quite a, a strange case, but a, a fun one nonetheless. So let me set the scene for you. Under the cloak of a moonlit night, where the silver tendrils of light caress the tranquil waters of an ancient lake, we find ourselves on the mist-kissed shores where this legend takes place. The air is laden with a hushed anticipation as we stand at the edge of the water, our senses attuned to every rustle and ripple. As the night unfolds, a symphony of crickets and the distant murmur of the lake create an eerie melody that permeates the surroundings. The moon, a silent witness, casts its ethereal glow upon the water, revealing a landscape painted in various shades. Suddenly, a mournful cry pierces the stillness, resonating across the water like some sort of haunting lullaby. The air seems to quiver with some sort of unseen energy as a creature emerged from the depths, its sleek form breaking the surface with a gentle ripple. Moonlight catches the gleam of its iridescent fur as it glides effortlessly, a spectral presence on the mirrored surface of the lake. For what seems like an eternity, we sit in silence. The eyes of the creature reflect the mystic depths of the water, holding some sort of ancient wisdom that seems to transcend the ages. In this moment, time stands still, and the boundary between reality and folklore blurs, as the Doerku becomes a living embodiment of the myths that have woven themselves into the very fabric of the Irish night. As we bear witness to this centurial encounter, we realise that in the heart of the mystical landscape, the Doerku dances on the cusp of dreams and reality, beckoning us to explore the depths of its enigmatic tale. So yes, we are talking about the Doerku, or the Irish Waterhound, as it is also known. The the interesting thing about the Doerku is that it's both described as an otter, a waterhound, a crocodile, and something else in between. And it is a bizarre, bizarre creature that I didn't actually really know a huge amount about until I started to, to look into this a bit more. And today we're just going to go through the, the story of it and, and see where, where we end up. So I hope everyone enjoyed my, my little intro piece there. I did have some fun writing that one. I felt, you know, for the first episode of this, it, it should be important to, to, you know, start off strong. So don't, don't expect it every week. You know, it's nice, nice to do something different. So as, as we know, Ireland has a rich folklore with a huge amount of tales of all sorts of strange creatures and ghouls and ghosts and everything in between. And as I said, the, the Doerku sits precisely here. Another name I've seen for it as well is the King Otter, um, which I'm not too sure about, but we're, we're going to stick with Doerku. It's described as this huge carnivorous kind of otter-like creature that has plagued communities in County Leitrim for hundreds of years and is always just escaping, you know, modern kind of times and living there on the fringes of, of reality, I guess. But one thing that we will discuss at the end uh, is 
you know, a nice little bit of evidence that may lead some to believe in the story. So, the story of the Doerku dates back to ancient times in Ireland. It's, as I said, described as something as a cross between a, a hound, an otter, or a crocodile. And it lives predominantly, as I said, in County Leitrim, in a lake, Glenaid Loch. This is quite a rural part of the country for anyone that isn't aware. So, perfect area for this to live. And it's said to be extremely hostile towards both people, animals, and everything in between. There's been encounters of it, you know, attacking uh, walkers, attempting to drag them into the water, uh, or even pursuing people across the land. Apparently, they're, they're supposed to come in pairs. And interestingly enough, when a Doerku is dying, it's said to let out a strange kind of high-pitched whistle to alert its partner. Uh, or a shriek is what I heard as well. And the second creature is always said to emerge from the water to exact revenge on anyone that successfully kills its partner. So, you know, the, this Doraku doesn't fuck around. It's got some backup there as well, which is a, a, t a terrifying thought of otters basically hunting people for sport. So the first sightings that have been recorded, I suppose, in the more modern times, it was in 1684, and it was just a mention of it, uh, I believe. But the incident that kind of made it famous, I suppose, and what we're going to talk about today was in 1722, which really, as I said, makes the Doraku famous and, and really kind of cemented it in, in history as, as, as an actual creature in Ireland, I suppose. So, as I said, the year was 1722, and it was sometime in September in County Leitrim in the northwest of Ireland. In the background, I suppose we're close to uh, Sligo and we're and the mountain of Ben Bulban, and we're also at the mouth of the Glenaid Valley. Uh, as I said earlier, the area that we're looking at is Glenaid Lake. Uh, at this lake, there was a local woman. Uh, her name was Grace Connolly. She went to wash her clothes, as I suppose was common at the time. And as the day went on, her husband, Terence McLaughlin, noticed that she hadn't returned home, which was obviously very unusual. And he decided to return to the lake, basically, to, you know, investigate and see if she was there and make sure that everything was okay. Obviously, a very unusual thing to happen at this time. Um, and if it, I suppose it's out of character for her, it's even more concerning. When he arrived to the lake, unfortunately, what was before him was Grace's body. She had been, as I saw, brutally mauled to death and lying on her chest asleep was this blood-smeared creature, as I saw described as an otter-like creature with fangs coming out of its mouth, uh, sleeping there on top of her body. The husband, obviously in a fit of rage and also through just sheer fright, panicked and he went and got his uh, dagger, crept up on the creature and killed it. And in its dying breaths, as I mentioned earlier, the creature emitted this horrific scream, a, a shriek that shook around the valley and emanated around the area. And with this, from the lake emerged another creature, exactly the same. And we can assume it was likely its partner. So the horse of Terence panicked and the, the two of them basically took off. And as I looked into this, it seems to have been that the otter or the Doerku chased him for over a distance of 20 miles around the side of the mountain and into some other valley, which is just insane that this 
creature has the stamina basically to, to keep up for 20 miles chasing a rider and horse. He ultimately ended up getting to a blacksmith's forge and he managed to get inside and, and get shelter. And it was there basically that the blacksmith advised him of some kind of, they kind of came up with this plan to basically capture the creature and then, you know, do whatever they wanted. So the, the plan seemed to consist of lining up horses basically as prey. And then when the, the Doraku would come to attack the horses or something, their trap basically would be snared. So the Doraku, as predicted, came in, tried to attack the horses. As this happened, Terence swept in. And from what I saw, he beheaded the creature, killing it instantly, which is a pretty fucking metal way to do things. So yeah, he, he basically just straight up just executed this Doraku. No chances taken, not considering capturing it. He just wanted it gone. So after that, there there has been uh, other sightings of this creature. It's, as I said, mostly seen in Leitrim, been reported. It, it was reported like quite a bit and throughout the ages. In 1896, there was a journal of the Society of the Royal Antiquaries of Ireland where it was um, it was noted there. And yeah, it was kind of, I think, almost like accepted that this existed. And then flashing forward to kind of a more recent time in Mayo on Ackle Island in particular, there was supposedly on the 1st of May 1968, two local men reported a sighting. And then a week later, a 16 year old boy also claimed to have an encounter and a near miss at the lakeside with a similar enough creature, which is pretty cool actually when you think about it that it still managed to come forward into modern times and then as recently as the year 2000 i couldn't find anything more recent than this in connemara which is a good bit further away actually another sighting happened where a local person named sean corcoran described a large dark creature with orange flippers approaching him uh, and i actually have a quote from him he said the creature uh, swam width of lake from west to east in what seemed like a matter of a few seconds and then the creature leapt onto a huge boulder before disappearing and gave a most haunting screech which you know we now know as uh, apparently it's a signal to the its partner or something so pretty consistent there's been other stories as well uh in wicklow which is on the other side of the country of another sighting of the doraku so yeah it, he seems to kind of get around which is pretty interesting you know fair play to him he's, he's kind of working his way around i did see online some saying that the doraku could be from the fairy realm and that it basically exists in this kind of like in-between world basically and it's, yeah, it's just this constant kind of creature that exists. And as I said at the start, it's also been known as the King Otter. So I guess maybe it's the king of the the fairies of otters or something. I don't know. The fairy folk or the otter version of fairy folk. And he exists in this world as well. So yeah, that, that kind of nicely ties in the sightings and, and things like that. And it's a really cool little story. You know, there, there's loads more to it. And I'd recommend anyone that's interested in it, like really diving into it. Like there's loads of sites and everything. And there's loads of accounts and videos on youtube of people talking about it and it, it's a really really cool story i will say just to kind of you know give a little bit of you know credence towards the story the the murder of grace Connolly, uh which i discussed it's you know obviously a, a tragic thing and we can actually go see her grave which is still there and on her grave, you can actually see that they have put the image of like an otter uh, onto her grave. On on top of all of this, her husband's grave 
is also there as well. And it, it too seems to depict a strange creature being pierced with a dagger on, on the tombstone as well. So, you know, maybe maybe there is a little bit more to the Doraku than we than we thought. But I thought I'd just leave you with that nice little nice little bit of a hint towards maybe this being uh, truer than, than what we're led to believe. So that concludes this episode. As as I said, you know, the, these are just going to be slightly shorter episodes, you know, running from, you know, 15 to 20 minutes maybe, or, you know, even sometimes maybe slightly shorter. Just to kind of look at little stories around the world, you know, that, that kind of pique our interest, but may not necessarily be a full episode. And it also satisfies those of you that, you know, may not have the time to listen to a full episode. So, you know, I, I hope you really enjoyed this and, you know, do do give us some feedback on this. Let us know what you think. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely take it all on board. And we'd love to hear some of your own short stories. You know, if, if you'd like to submit a short story to us, I'd be more than happy to read it out. It doesn't even necessarily need to be an experience. If you just have a, a fictional story that you've come up with or you've heard, you know, please do submit it to us. We'll, we'll be more than happy to, to read it out and and share it with the world if you'd like. So I hope everyone has has enjoyed this. And, you know, I hope you have a really nice weekend and we'll be back next week with a full regular episode. So until then, I, I hope you enjoy it and stay spooky. Bye, guys.